Well, good evening, good morning, wherever you may be listening to this episode. It's the first episode of Sazon Talk with Janelle and Amanda. Yes. Clap, 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 Finally. clap, 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 clap. I know, it's been some time. It has. It's been something we've been talking about. I feel like I had to come out of the wrestling world just a little bit to come into the real world. And my good... Welcome to the side. Oh. <laughs> I, this is going to be a very interesting side of of myself, but um, I'm excited. It's something we wanted to talk about. We wanted to come together and create um, a space where we can kind of just talk about anything, whether it's body images or music or movies or relationships, sex, any and everything. Um, we wanted to just have a platform where we can, you know, just do some tea. Yes, do some tea. With girls. Girl. So I'm still not used to talking to girls. I think <laughs> from the beginning of life, I feel like is I'm an I'm the old I'm the eldest. Mm-hmm. And it's always been I've always been around boys. Okay. Not saying like bagging every guy. Not doing well <laughs> not anymore. We're not talking about that not right anymore. now. But um but like even in growing up in school and stuff like that, I was I was always gravitating more to guys and just being a part of that kind of crew. So as I got older, it was when I kind of got into having girlfriends and and kiki king and doing all type of stuff. So this is exciting for me. What about you? Um, well, yeah, I am the oldest as well. Um, I've always been surrounded by girls when it came to like school. Mm-hmm. And then obviously I have tons of sisters. How many you got? From my mom, I got three. Okay. And my dad, I got two. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, that's quite an adventure. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's also been like, I've been the mom to them. So, I'm the woman figure in their life. Okay. I say. So, it also brings into like our whole conversations that we're going to be having. Absolutely. Um, in regards to like we were talking about like feminine stuff and stuff like that. So, me having to talk about with my sisters is just going to be. You're going to be prepared. You're going to yeah. be ready. Because that's something I didn't have. I didn't have, like, you know, my mom, God bless her, she's, you know, always been the working mom. Mm-hmm. Um, where I felt like she didn't have as much time. Like, I never got the birds and the bees conversation or right. how this is how you use a tampon or mm-hmm. any, like, generic, I feel like, female thing you would learn in your preteens and teens. Right. I, I didn't get that. Like, it was kind of like a trial and error. <laughs> I mean, for me, it was just more like me and my mom don't get along. So, like, I've said this, anybody that's heard me before had Heard me about talking about this on cats and dogs and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, so I didn't have those conversations either. The one that would kind of talk to me about things was my aunt. So, like, but she'll talk to me about, like, sex. Like, hey, you ever want to have sex? Like, let me know first. Like, if you want to try weed, like, you have weed with me first before having it with anybody else. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, okay, Titi. Like, she's that type of person. Okay. Oh, I mean, I feel like everyone has that one aunt that yes. you're close to. Like, for me, I was always closest um, until more recently, but I was always closest growing up with my mom's youngest sister. Okay. Because we were, she was the youngest, but she was kind of like that older sister to me where like we did everything together. Like whether it was like hanging out or traveling, going to the movies, like doing stuff like, like kind of like a big sister would. Cause mm-hmm. I never had that. Like I have a younger brother and we're like almost eight years apart. So growing up was kind of like an only child. Like I have probably only child syndrome. Okay. But I'm not an only child. Like, yeah. People, whenever I tell people I have a brother, they're like, wait, what? <laughs> where is he? What do you, he's a lot. Like he's a human being. Yes. He's yeah. a real thing. Um, and then, but my brother and my two cousins, um, they're all a year apart. So mm. they all kind of grew up together where I just kind of was like, well, just me, myself and I. All right. Yeah. So that was always an interesting thing growing up too, is, um, you know, going back to, you know, learning kind of the bees and the birds and all that stuff. Like, I feel like even in school, like there just wasn't, it wasn't like health, like sex ed class was like maybe one class. Right. That, you know. The gym teacher decided to just put us all in the classroom and put on a video, and then that was it. Like, I feel like when I started my high school year, they were a little stricter. I think that we had a different principal at that time. Mm-hmm. Because I remember, like, the sophomores and up, they had in health ed where you had those babies that were, like, crying and shit. They like, act like a real baby. And then when I became a sophomore, like, that didn't exist anymore. <sighs> 
And I was just like, really? Like, I was kind of looking Would forward. You, really? Yeah. I guess because I had my brother already. I was already, I had my brother and I had my two sisters so far. Uh-huh. Isabel wasn't born yet. So I was kind of like, I'm going to pass this type of thing. Like, this is something I'm actually going to pass. So that's why I was kind of excited for it. But um, I don't think my brother was kind of too, like, crazy about having another, even though it was a fake baby that was going to be crying and shit in our room. I don't think I would want to do that. Like, <laughs> it's so funny. Like, I look back, I'm like, my mom always told me, and I feel like I'm scarred for life from that, but she always was like, your brother would have a kid before you. And I was like, what? Oh. Like, why would you say such a thing? And then she's just like the lifestyle you live. You don't, uh, being a parent, that's not, you know, something you probably would want to do at at a certain age. And and then the older I got, the more I understood it. So I said, you know, she may have a point. But enough about that. Uh, Well, it's kind of going into the theme of this episode. So every episode, we're going to have one theme. um, And we're going to branch out and talk about different things around that theme. But it's more or less so that people can understand, you know, two sides of the spectrum of it. Uh, We may agree on certain things. We may not agree on certain things. But we wanted to be able to create a platform where um, us as women of color um, could definitely um, inspire uh, be like, let this be therapy for us too. Cause you know, you got Jada with the red table talk. So we have a white <laughs> table and those that know me know that I've already had a white table talk session before. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink, but, um, but no, every episode we're going to have one theme, um, where we're just going to dedicate the episode to that and, um, talk about different things and what that theme means to us particularly. So this is being our first episode. We wanted to have the theme be about discovery. And discovery is such a kind of like generic thing because we can be talking about discovering the world or discovering a new talent or discovering a new person in your life or whatever the case might be. But uh, we wanted to specifically choose discovery for this episode because we wanted it to be kind of like a blanket thing where we talked about different things um, and what discovery actually means to one of, you know, to each other. So what I may take discovery as, Amanda may take it a different way <laughs> and vice versa. So we wanted to um, have that, you know, conversation in terms of what does discovery mean to you? So, right. I'm definitely going to start with you because you think you're <laughs> slick. <laughs> so, yeah, um, like we were talking through the text, uh-huh. discovering can mean, like you just said, different things. But to me, it's about either discovering yourself. It can be just who you are as a person uh-huh. or it can also be your sexuality or like what do you like? When it comes to sex, discovering what do you like? What are you into? Right. Because that's always like, I feel like that's like the elephant in the room mm-hmm. with certain people, especially myself. Like, I, anyone that knows me knows I will never sit here and be talking about sex like all the time. That's definitely not my forte. Yeah. But <laughs> for the purpose of this episode, we will definitely indulge in that type of realm. Right. Um, but in discovering who you are, because um, for those that may or may not know, you know, we both, you know, you've, you've been married. I have mm-hmm. not been. Um, and that's a different type, I think, of discovery of yeah. yourself and learning the ins and outs of that. Um, and then also to, you know, us being both um, having both like Hispanic um, heritage in both of ours because I'm half Cuban, you're half Puerto Rican. So well, I'm full Puerto Rican. Full. Yeah. Full blown, 100%. Well, hundred percent born here, but raised in North Carolina. So I don't know how you mix those together because I'm not New Yorkian. No, no, because I, I mean I'm just born here and raised somewhere else. So I don't. So North you Carolina got you, you got a you got a Puerto Rican <laughs> in the South. Yes. How was that? Uh, I actually love it. Like I love down south. People normally don't, but I'm just like just keep me here like forget about it just i can lay there forever but did you feel any type of like differences in terms of ways of life like being for sure i mean as a kid i was there obviously when i was five six something like that but i was there until i was like nine but i love it in regards to like we had our own playground in the backyard so i didn't have to worry about like neighbors complaining because i was running around Mm -hmm. You know, so we had our open space. I had a dog that had his own house at the in the backyard. 
So it's a day is so different, like compared to here, like I said. The kids running, you got the neighbors complaining, your child is running all time. It's six o'clock in the morning. Well, not only that, oh, you got like my my grandmother used to do, because I grew up um, born in Brooklyn, and we stayed in Brooklyn until I was like maybe about four or five. So like like summers or like during the day, like when all the kids would be on the block playing, my grandmother would tell me like, don't go past that tree. Mm. But anyone that lives in New York, all the trees look the, the same, same. Yes. so we I never knew how far i could go so right. until i went too far and she would scream and yell like bring your ass back here like you went too <laughs> far but i was like but i didn't know like right like so you like we're in pacific like what street did you mean the first second like yeah they all look the same yeah. and you can't talk back to grandma at all like i love my, my grandmother now is 73 i told her the other day i said you are like 53 in my eyes and she mm-hmm. was just like oh you grow with manners <laughs> i'm like oh you raised me because she's literally my twin like me and my grandmother are the same um zodiac sign we're three days apart mm. so my grandmother is like literally my like i see myself in her more than my mom mm-hmm. which is kind of weird but in a sense it's not because, like, just her wittiness, her ability to, like, just not take any shit from anybody. And yeah. that's just her. But that also goes back into discovering yourself. Oh, yeah. You're, dis- you're discovering yourself with, uh, you know, relating it to your grandmother. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think um, I-, I was blessed, I think, to be surrounded by kind of women all of my life. As, as odd as odd of no- as odd of like growing up as a kid I was always around guys like mm-hmm. boys like hanging out in school and things like that but growing up in the household I was around like women and I was around different type of women and I you know you everyone always sees and experiences different things and you know for me seeing my mom and like both my parents they were married so kind of going through that phase and then my parents getting a divorce and going mm-hmm. through that phase and I think I felt like my discovery journey didn't start until after my parents got divorced. So that was probably my senior year of high school where I kind of had to figure out who I was. And even now, I feel like in in my early 30s that I feel like it still is a journey because I feel like there's always twists and turns in, in any and everything that we're doing, you know, and living through, you know, the times we're living through now. But I definitely think um, my ultimate, like, beginning of discovering who I was um, and what I like and what I don't like um, definitely was probably when I was a senior in high school. So I was just one foot in high school, one foot in college and trying to figure that part out about myself. But even, like, as a kid, it just was, you know, it's different because especially living in the city. And so many things going on, and you don't know everything. Like, you know, we lived through nine eleven. We lived through, you know, presidents changing because you know that's still what we're living through now. But <laughs> in all in all, though, I believe really, my. I always say, as much as I've always wanted to move out of New York, I feel like New York has been a big part of discovering who I was. Um, I've lived in every borough but Staten Island, so. That's been an adventure I myself. I've only lived in Manhattan and the Bronx. Really? Where in the Bronx? Uh, West Farms. Oh. Mm-hmm. By the zoo. On that no, side. No, well, on the opposite side. I forget. Because it's by the six sign, but we were like in between the six and the five. Ah, you kind of like Westchester Square over there, kind of. Because what bus go over there? Because that's that bus that go from Queens to the Yeah, I never took the bus. I took the six to Woolock. And you can see the buildings right there. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, but yes, you were talking about, uh, you said in high school, you started yeah. discovering yourself. And it's something that I was talking with Britt, your best friend. My, Shout my, out to Britt. My Bethel. That will definitely make an appearance <laughs> soon. Soon. Before she kills us. Before she kills us. Um, we were talking about how for guys they need to find themselves at a certain time but for us girls it kind of takes us a long time to discover sometimes yeah like for me i actually started to find like who i was when i was like 27 okay because i lived in the shadow of my church i was trying to be who my church wanted me to be not who amanda wanted to be 
So how was it growing up in a church? Like I, like I've always said, I'm, you know, I'm spiritual. Like I mm-hmm. believe in God. I believe that you know, there's heaven, there's hell. Like I believe all that stuff. I just never was too much. Like let me. But funny, I was baptized Catholic. Mm-hmm. So was I. So that always mm-hmm. is like the fun tip of being Hispanic is that's what they do. Yeah, and you just don't have no say in that. Like my brother turns off. If I yeah, so my brother turned one's first birthday, brother turned one, and I was I was eight, and they decided to um, baptize us, and we were just like, and I was just like eight years old, like I don't know what the fuck this means, but okay, right, whatever. I got godparents now, cool. Like mm-hmm. still don't know what that means, but how was it like? Yeah, so I uh, I originally was I mean I didn't find this out till like I was twenty eight that I was baptized as a Catholic because. My mom never told me because we were going through pictures and I was like, wait, this is me. Like, this is a Catholic church. She said, oh, yeah, I forgot. I baptized you as a Catholic. You have a whole godmother. I was like, well, like, who things? was my godmother? Like, who, <laughs> from what you. I know. Salud. <laughs> <laughs> um, from what I know, I thought I didn't have any godparents. So she told me who my godmother was, but she don't remember who my godfather was. And I'm just okay. like, whatever. But, um. Yeah, growing up in church was, like, it was a blessing. But then as I became older, it just, just things weren't falling correctly. Uh But, you know, um, with my dad, like, he is forever grateful. Like, he was saying, like, if it's one thing that he has to give credit my mother for is for me to be in church. Uh Because my dad's history when he was a kid and my mom's history, like, my stepmom was, like, worried that maybe she got, like, three kids already. Because, you know, my dad, my mom had me when she was 15. Oh, wow. And then my dad had just turned 18. Because they're literally, like, two days apart of birthday. And then the following week is mine. Oh. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it, it, it guided me to where I needed to be. Uh-huh. And obviously, like, I, even though I don't go to church anymore, but I still highly believe in God. And, you know, I follow you know, there's certain things I used to keep as a tradition to myself. Okay. But in regards to, like, certain customs that was happening, I don't follow it. You know, but um, like I was saying, like, the church wanted me to be this type of person that was just strictly in church. And then I needed to wear skirts that were longer than the people. ankle length. Yeah, the ankle length. Um, I was going to say something that we say in church, but I'm not going to say that because it's in Spanish, too. But I'm not going to say that. Um, oh, but by all means, you should. Like, this is sazon talk. <laughs> no, like, <laughs> well, we say um, it's a it's like bonchinche. Uh huh. So they say sometimes your tongue is longer than your skirt. Oh, yeah. Which means like Christian people, but yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So yeah, so yeah. But for years, um, even when I was married. I continued to try to be the person the church wanted me to be, the person that he wanted me to be. But I just, I wasn't happy. I kept trying to change who I was for them and not for myself. Uh-huh. And then eventually I just, just like, I'm so tired of this. Like, I need to do me and I need to find me. Once I started, like, I went to school. I got my degree now. And that's something that, yes, super happy about that. It's so funny. My roommate today, he asked me, he's like, where all these caps and gowns came from? Oh. (laughs) He said, (laughs) he said, damn, Janelle, like you being somebody auntie at mad graduations? Like what's going on here? I said, no. I said, we threw my homegirl graduation party because she didn't graduate. Well, she couldn't have a graduation because of Corona. Mm -hmm. So he says, oh, that's so nice. Like that was so dope. I said, yeah. I said, but she thought it, she thought it was for a birthday party, but she didn't know it was for her. So right, it was Definitely just funny. Didn't it, know. it was just funny that that you said that because he <laughs> asked me about that today. He said, "Yo, where all these cap and gowns come from?" I said, "Oh, let me tell you about that time <laughs> when everybody was cool in the gang and we had a party." So yeah, we had a little COVID get together. Yeah, like how has. I guess, in a sense, continuing discovering yourself been since you said you started at 27. I started, I felt like, at, like, 17, mm-hmm. 18. But I think it was mostly because I was going to school. Okay. And I think it just kind of, I feel, most of the time, I feel like everything, like, in terms of who I am is just, 
I've had to just show up. Like I just had like there was no other option. Like, mm-hmm. and I think it, it definitely comes from, and, it, and it's not a shade to my mom, but I think, just think it comes from seeing the strong, you know, independent female that she, you know, still is. And she was at the time. It just was like, I don't have a, like, I don't have a choice. Like I can't make excuses. So it was at that time when I went to school that I didn't have, you know, it was one of those things like you got to figure out how to pay your phone bill. You got to figure out how to eat. You got to figure this out. And it was just like, but how? Like why? Right. And I had ended up. Thank God, I ended up having like work study. So I worked all four years I was at school and always had money in, in my pocket and always found a way to kind of hustle. So that hustle is mentality she gave me. But I felt like in terms of discovering um, who I was, the journey started then. But really, I would say the last probably three, four years that I mm-hmm. really became in a space where. You know, I finally got over some, some certain situations and I was able to put those to bed. And then I was able to just begin to just accept me. Yeah. And I think accepting yourself is is kind of a hurdle that I think everyone has a hard time getting to. Yeah. Not even getting over, just getting to because we allow so many different things around us to like prevent us in a way Mm -hmm. and on top of that we allow ourselves to prevent ourselves from doing certain things so what do you think now like looking at you know your journey of discovery what's like the biggest thing you've learned about yourself um that's like like I told you like I feel like I'm still in that process Mm -hmm. you know um even though when me and my ex left each other and I stopped going to church. My I I left with my I lived with my grandparents, and they're like super duper religious. Uh-huh. And so even though I was doing my own thing and like figuring myself out, I still was kind of limited because I didn't want to disrespect them. Uh-huh. So now that I don't live with them, you know Amanda be kind of different these days. Oh, she she hella different these days. <laughs> She out here styling on these on these gentlemen out here in these streets. You know, they're over here telling me like, oh Who this? They be trying to tell, you know, Brit is saying that me and Brit changed clothes, that Brit's dressing like me and I'm dressing like how she used to dress. And I was just like, I mean this is just the person that was like hidden because I was being respectful of my grandparents, but now I don't live with them and I have my own space. So like I'm gonna dress however the hell I wanna dress. It's just I think people don't people think one way of you. Yes, and then when they see a different side, they get scared. They're yeah, like, they're like, Wait, uh, who's who this? That that's somebody who else is? influencing you, right? And, and why- that's what my family would say. I you being influenced by your friends, so that's right. why I was just like out of respect to my grandparents and stuff like that. I wouldn't do it, but now that I don't live with them, I'm like to hell with it. See, but I think that's kind of like the gift and the curse when you mm-hmm. have such a big family. Like for you. You know, you probably have a big family. Like, you yeah. guys can probably. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I always, not envy, but I always wondered that type of, like, lifestyle. Because literally it's me, my mom, my brother. And, like, for the most part, like, and I think that's why in, in going through discovering who I was, understanding the value of friendship for me is is super important. Like, right. everyone that knows me knows that, you know, if you're in my inner circle of your people I consider friends, like, I, I don't really say friends. I say that's my family. Like mm-hmm. those, those are people that, you know, when it comes down to it at the end of the day, there was something wrong or anything, I can call them and say, hey, this is what's going on with me. So I value and I take friendship very different than most people do. Right. Um, And it's because I think of that kind of yearning for that big family aspect. So, and it actually goes into even deeper into going into like the wrestling side of things and having that type of family and that type of community that everybody looks at you because I get the whole, you're so motherly. Everybody mm-hmm. loves you. Yeah, and I'm just them like, all. right. And I'm just like, can I just be Janelle? Like, why do I gotta be you know what? my you mom? Know, you know how I, I mean, I love this show and I'm pretty sure people know this show, uh, um, Jersey Shore. Yes. And so you're like the Jay Wow of the family because Jay Wow is kind of like the mom of the, yeah, the group. Yeah, she's she's the 
it was funny the other the was that last night or the other day? Someone told me. Especially someone told me. He said <laughs> he's like, Yo, you're the glue. Mm-hmm. He said, You're the glue of the group. He yeah. said, I didn't realize it until recently. Mm-hmm. He said, but you're the glue. And I was just like, nah, like, they, everybody's fine on their own. He's like, no, but, like, you literally, like, they value you. And I was mm-hmm. just like, well, it's because I had to learn um, through discovery, because mm-hmm. that's the theme. Through discovering who I was, I had to understand the level of respect that's needed in order to value friendship. Right. Like, I can't sit here and not take what one person says seriously over another. Like, I have to find a way to that equal, everyone's equally valued. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, to me, has always been important. Um, right. And because I actually, it's, it's ironic. I want to say in my late 20s, I started reading more. Mm-hmm. Like, self, like, self-improvement books, self, self-awareness books. Because I got to a space where... You know, I was, what, 20, well, me and my ex broke up, we were, I was, what, 20, 23, 24? Yeah, like, 23, 24, I was with my ex for, like, almost six years. And, and to me, like, he was all I knew. Like, that's, right. I saw my entire life. Like, that's it. Nothing more, nothing less. And then when it didn't, I felt like the world was ending. Mm-hmm. The, I'm done. I will never love again. Or super dramatic, because that's how I am. And but in that sense, I started wanting to read more um, like self-awareness books and things like that. And I bought a book about people pleasing because Mm -hmm. it was something that I had a conversation with um, my mom about. Okay. Um, about people pleasing and I, I didn't, I didn't get that. I didn't understand what that even meant when she mentioned it. Mm-hmm. I was like, "What do you like? What is that? Like, what? I'm not that like super because I get super defensive half the time anyway." Um, and she was just like, "No, like you just have to be aware of how you react to things, and in a sense, how you react and respond. You have to do it for yourself. You can't always." do it in thinking of the other person. You have to be comfortable with the decisions you make first. And then you can kind of see how it may benefit or may not benefit anybody else. Mm -hmm. And then I understand that concept. I was just like, most of the time when my mom talks, it goes through one and out the other. So (laughs) that's just what it is. Because like, we are so much, we're we're alike, but we do this all the time. Yeah. So it was because she's a ram. She's an Aries. So that's automatically like, yeah, I get it. But it it took me to I read I forgot the name of the book I should have I should have looked it up but it was a it's a book about people pleasing mm-hmm. and literally it was giving advice on how to get away from doing that because in a sense people pleasing you can self sabotage yourself right I had a book like that I same thing I should have written it down. <laughs> Right, like you don't, yeah, and like you don't. We'll come out with sources. Give us about ten episodes, and we'll give you some (laughs) sources. Uh, But mine was actually like a Christian book, but it was basically like it spoke about that, like loving yourself and like stop being like a people pleaser. Mm -hmm. And that was like that's always been my fault. I was always more concentrated of like what people thought about me. And, and what people say. And what people say. And mm-hmm. then, you know, I don't want to do this because then they're going to say this about me. And then it's just like, stop worrying what people ke- will say about you. Like, so what? People are going to talk regardless. Oh, absolutely. And that's something I had to learn. Mm-hmm. People are going to talk regardless. Which I'm pretty sure, like, let me not say anything. Let me behave, man. Let me behave. Um, <laughs> it's first episode. We can't get canceled already. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I won't be petty. I'll be nice. Yeah, we leave the. I mean, we leave the pettiness for episode two, maybe, maybe. But continue. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, but yeah, like, and when I first thought about it, I was just like, no, that's not me. But then, like, when I was started reading into it, and I was just like, damn, I'm a people pleaser to my church. I'm a people pleaser to my family. Like, I try to please everybody but myself. Right, and that part about it—that's the frustrating part because you think. Like for me, my my reward most of the time is seeing everybody else happy. Mm-hmm. Like my reward is if yeah. it's seeing someone else's success or or having a part in in their success. Because in my mind, it's always if you win, I win. Right. So that's just how how I've always been. But in reading the book that I read and just over years and experiences, 
you're not going to please everybody. You're not going to be everybody's friend. You're not yeah. going to, you, you know, it's just, it's just not, it's not feasible. It's not realistic. Mm-hmm. And I think for the most part, I had to begin to learn that if I'm not in a good space and if I'm not happy, then I'm doing everyone actually a disservice. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm actually not being the best friend that I can be. I'm not being the best girlfriend that I can be. I, I'm not, I'm not living to my full potential because I am so focused on everybody else and then forget about Janelle. So I've had to learn, and that's what I said, my late 20s, I really got to, this is when that discovery phase really started to kick me in my ass because it was like, girl, you're going to be almost 30. What are you going to do? Like, how are you going to live? Like, it just became, like, kind of, like, daunting almost. Not saying 30 is, 30 was fabulous. 31 has been, you know, interesting because, you know, we're living in a whole pandemic. But, (laughs) But 30, it just was that year of really understanding that if I'm not good and if I don't take time to be selfish, and I think that's one thing I think I want the listeners and viewers to understand that it's okay to be selfish. It's just you... It's levels to that shit. Like, mm-hmm. you just can't be selfish all the goddamn time, or you can't be selfish with a lot of things. But it is perfectly and humanly okay to be selfish with yourself. Yeah. It, if it means being a better you. Mm-hmm. And I think that had to be the biggest lesson I had. I learned in my 20s was that it's okay to be selfish because I never was that. I was always... Right everybody's right hand man i was always a call like hey i need something i need you to be there i'm I'm stretched thin and it's just like i i'm in my 30s i can't do everything <laughs> right and, and I, it's okay not to be able to do everything correct and I, that was a whole different yes. level of understanding for my within myself because in my mind i think i could do everything and, and yeah, be everywhere superwoman and right cater to everybody like correct. and that's why like I was. I think I was talking to my uh, sister from my dad's side. Mm-hmm. We were talking about something. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I was also going through something. And um, so my stepmom had told her what I was going through, and she'd send me a text. She's like, why didn't you tell me that you were going through this? Why well, I'm over here crying? Like, what's wrong with me? And I was like, because I was trying to be a bigger and stronger person for you because you needed me she said yeah but we're going through the same thing we can do it together mm-hmm. and i was just like i mean i guess because there's certain times and when you go through things like i can never i mean i can i can be supportive especially like for mm-hmm. someone like you that you know when we met you know you were going through your divorce yeah and stuff like that and i can be of course a supports you know a support person and be there but i can never really mentally understand what what that goes through i mean I am a product of a divorce household. Right. So I I can relate and I think that 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 part of it is important, but in terms of mentally understanding the the kind of coming out of the ashes in that sense mm-hmm. of knowing how that feels because I don't know how that feels and I think sometimes yeah. we we blanket things where we're like, "No, it's okay. You'll be fine." Like mm-hmm. you're going to have that friend of it's okay. You'll be okay. And it's just like it's okay not to be okay. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that, you know, when, especially as women of color and having those type of role models where they've always pushed through. Like my mom, I will say to the end of time, is like the strongest person I know because to have me while she was in pharmacy school to then now being a grown adult, having her now having her master's, her getting her doctorate, her, you know, still being able to raise two kids and to still go through a divorce and still be able to come out of that. Like, I'm just like, bitch, I could never do that. Like, I, what? Mm-hmm. So to look at her, it's always like that mentality of being superwoman. So yeah, I had to kind of teach myself, like, it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. And I didn't understand that. I, um... I've been surrounded by my family, meaning like my mom, my stepdad, and my my siblings, for such a long time that when uh, I I like to say by the eight, I usually say by the age of eighteen I was cut off, but I fi- kind of feel like maybe it was like fourteen, fifteen, because that's when I started paying like my own phone and like. Oh buying. girl, one time I ran up that eighteen. I forget I ran up the AT&T bill at six hundred dollars. I was in high school. I never forget it. She looked at me like that was when we had when Nokia's was popping. 
Mm. And bitches was out here playing snake on the phone <laughs> type of shit. And I'll never forget, because in high school, you know, everybody talk on the phone. Like, yeah. And you get that whole, like, call after 9 o'clock. That's when my minutes is free. Yeah. Or call the house phone, because that's why I, I can't See, talk no, mine was just like, my parents, every time I had a bad grade or I failed a class, my parents would take my phone away. So I got tired of the crap and I was working. So I went to Nextel, bleep, bleep. Yo. And I got me a phone. I'll never forget this guy I was talking to once upon a time. He he didn't he lived like up like in Westchester County or whatever. But he I had a bleep at the time. Mm-hmm. I've gone through all phone phases. I promise you. The youngsters are not gonna know what the hell that no, is. No, but like I've been through the sidekicks. I've been through yes. the Nextels. I've been through the the razor phones. The raise the flip phones. Mm-hmm. I've been through the blackberries. Black <laughs> <laughs> been through it all. But when I had the bleep. Yo, my guy bleeds me at like two o'clock in the morning. Oh my god! I almost caught a heart attack because I was like, I hope no one heard the phone. Like, I have quickly said, "Yo, bleed me in the morning. Like, it's two o'clock in the morning. Like, right. what are we doing?" So, like, stuff like I, I like if I could go back to a period of time, I definitely would go back to high school. It was fun, like having those bleed. Like me and my friends would do it, like when our our like we. Class was over and we were trying to see which other was at. We would just, it was easier than calling somebody. Oh, yeah. It's like basically a walkie talkie. And that was really why I wanted it. Well, one, A, I wanted it because it was like the new hot thing at the time. Mm-hmm. And everybody and their moms had the shit. So I was like, I gotta I mean, get that. I, I think besides that phone, my sidekick was always. Oh, my sidekick was AOL. elite. Aim all the time. My aim was elite. So, like, if we could find a way to bring back good old aim. Mm-hmm. That'll be like the highlight of everything. Right. Um, but yeah, I started like really young, um, having to like pay my phone and stuff like that. But um I forget what was my point of saying that. But I also was I think it was like discovering something. I don't remember, I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's I not your fault. <laughs> um but I think that also, if I mean, going back to that, it's also me discovering what I wanted as a young age. Because, like, I wanted to be able to be independent. Okay. So, okay, that's what I was going to say. So, I was always surrounded by my family. That's mm-hmm. what it was. So, when I got to 18, they kind of started excluding me from stuff. I was also involved with a church organization. So, I was always busy with them. But, like, they will go away and, like, not tell me or my brother. And we're kind of, like, worried, like, you know, it's 12 o'clock, they're not home type of thing. So, but because I was so close to my family, like, going to restaurants and stuff like that, learning to go to restaurants by myself was hard. Because you're so used to, table for seven, please. Mm-hmm. And then you're just like, yeah, it's just me. That was the one thing, definitely. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think the journey started... At, at 17 when I went to, to college but I think when me and my ex broke up it was the whole like the re relearning mm-hmm. who I was because I was so immersed into an us that I didn't know who a Janelle who a me was so that whole like I always tell people now and I highly recommend it to anyone you always have to find at least one thing you do by yourself yeah I, I could not str- I couldn't I didn't understand the the value of it then, but looking at it now, I value something as I so I typically go to the movies by myself. It's the one thing because I feel like I do everything with everybody else, whether it's travel, whether it's go to a wrestling show, whether it's go to a concert, whether it's whatever it is. I'm always got some at least one person. I always got a lifeline with me, but movies, I like to go by myself. It gives me no time to really just have a me mm-hmm. me moment and i think in understanding even in relationships now it's like i have to be with someone or i have to be around someone that that understands the importance of me taking time out for myself right. and i think sometimes men feel like it's a shade but it's not it's just this is a part of me and me being stable enough in my own self to be like okay i can make time for myself because that's how you kind of like you lose yourself in a sense Mm -hmm. and whether it's in a relationship with a with a male or a female whether it's within friends or you know anything you sometimes when you once again going back to the people pleasing when you go through that that time or you go through that phase you definitely kind of lose yourself yeah 
And I definitely felt like when I was in my mid-20s, so like 23, 24, I was feeling a little lost and not knowing really who I was and, and what I wanted and what was important to me and things like that. And it was it was definitely a good kick in the ass, like kind of like my mid-late 20s where I was like, all right, cool. I'm back on the bicycle. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck what nobody says. Like, I'm going to do what I want to do. And I think a big thing for me was traveling kind of helped me discover mm, who I was and, and what I like and what I don't like, whether it's in people, whether it's in myself. I think traveling, traveling for me has always been my peace of mind. Okay. To where, because people are always like, you know, I'll never forget this this individual calls me Dora the Explorer and he knows who he is. <laughs> but, and I hate it, but it was just like, well, I mean, it's the truth. Okay, fine. The shoe fits weird kind of thing. But I definitely feel like I would say the last like five to six years um, helping to rediscover myself. Cause I think that also too is a part of the journey where, you know, you're looking for discovery, um, discovering yourself, but, you will go through a phase in time where you rediscover because mm-hmm. you kind of lose your way. Yeah. For me, um, once I was going through my divorce and then I was also in school at the same time, everything started for me. And then, um, you know, like I remember when I, we like, we broke up, whatever, I was kind of trying to fight our relationship to stay together. Uh-huh. And I was losing me uh-huh. to give him what he wanted. And then when I realized, I was like, the fuck am I doing? And that's what I got my first tattoo. This is not your worth. Uh-uh. My first tattoo is a whole bunch of shooting stars that I had mm-hmm. got when I was 18 on Jamaica Avenue. <laughs> and I thought I was doing, I'll never forget it. The day before I got it. I was on the M4 bus with my mom. And I said, I said, mommy, come get a tattoo with me. Come on. Oh, wow. And she's like, no, absolutely not. Like, <laughs> you could get it, but I ain't getting it. And I was like, no, I want, I always want like something for us, you know, mm-hmm. to do. But she was so against it, just, like for herself. So she was like, if you want to, by all means, go for it. It is what it is. It was, yeah, my second semester at St. John's um, when I had got, I went to the app. I had I'll never forget. I had an interview at Macy's. I didn't get the job, but I had a group interview at Macy's, and then I went back, met up with my college roommate, <coughs> and then we were on Jamaica Avenue. I said, "Yo, let's go get tatted." So I go get tatted on my foot. I had shooting stars. It was my first tattoo, and I was watching Run. I was watching Run's house while getting tatted. So that shows my age at that point, but. <laughs> Yeah, mine was quick, so I didn't have to watch anything. I mean, it's just simple writing, and then, but my second tattoo is just like I put music on because sucker hurt like hell. My first one didn't hurt, um, but my second one also, it's also me discovering me because obviously I love pandas. Uh-huh. Like who doesn't know that? And yeah, if you didn't you know, know that. that I don't, don't you know, know what's wrong with you. Yeah. Um. So I end up doing I did a panda, but it has a bamboo to it. Uh-huh. And so, but the point of it is uh, the panda's climbing the bamboo. Uh-huh. And it's basically the panda's me. And the climbing part is me achieving my goals. Okay. So, uh, yeah, my uncle was saying you should add, like, maybe more branches every time you achieve something to it. That's dope. So I was like, I might do that. Every yeah. time I achieve a goal that I have. Like, I have a whole bunch of goals set with my therapist. Uh-huh. And so, yeah. Once and I start clear. knocking them down. Yeah, I'm gonna add more branches to it. There you go. So yeah, so speaking of tattoos, so yeah, my first one was shooting stars, which means absolutely nothing. I promise you. The, the second I love one, stars, by the way, no, I love like I, I think I love more the concept of like shooting stars, but mm-hmm. just I never did nothing after it, and it's just 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 shooting stars on my foot. But the other two that I have um, is definitely along the discovery route um of this episode where um me and both um of my best friends so shout out to Brittany and to Jediah to Joy. Oh yes, I know that one. Um uh, we both we all have the same tattoo mm-hmm. um of a butterfly and three hearts. Um uh, but they have it behind their ear and I have it um on my wrist. And then the last the of uh, the third tat I have is probably the definition of who I am and in terms of finding who 
what mean what what everything means to me and how I model everything. Um, it's by it's a quote by Malcolm X is by any means necessary. Um, but I kind of did a twist to it because I always wanted to, as everyone that knows me knows that I'm so I've always been quick to be like. I'm not Cuban. Don't shh, don't tell everybody because <laughs> people don't know until they hear my last name and then they give me the They're confused like, why look. Why is your last name Garcia? Why is your last name Garcia? Like, why is your last name yours? Like, <laughs> I didn't have a choice. Okay? Right. But, um, but anyone that knows me knows that I absolutely will always love my grandfather. My grandfather is a huge um, part of me. Um, so I actually have it in Spanish. Okay. So it's always weird when people try to read it on my ankle. They're always like, what does it say? And I'm just like, it says by any means necessary, but it says it in Spanish in honor of my grandfather because I wanted it to incorporate, definitely incorporate him, um, a part of me. But by any means necessary, something that my mom basically um, told me like one day, she was just like, you make anything happen. Like you you do whatever you want to do and you make it happen. Like it mm-hmm. doesn't you don't allow a lot of things to stop you from those things. And I was just like, well, you know, you got a point. So I wanted to, that motto by any means necessary definitely um, takes um, me into helping myself discover who I was and, and, and how do I operate on a regular basis. So it's interesting that, you know, even through tattoos, you can kind of go through discovering, discovering yeah. who you are, um, whether it's in an art form or music form, because I'm not talented. Right. Or even just means. to remember. Yes. Because, I mean, memory definitely shows the journey. Yes. That's what I was going to say. It's the process. Like, I, what I went through in my past and who I am today, I don't like. I dated somebody that was like, "Don't take, don't take lessons as a regret." Absolutely, it's, take them just like that. They're a lesson, and you learn from it. And that you know, when you also discovering yourself and who you are, you remember the process. Mm-hmm. You remember the person like, "Well, I didn't like when I was like this, so let me remember." Don't be that type of person again, Amanda. Right. I mean, even though nine times out of ten you end up doing the same shit you did before. Yeah, and then you be like, oh, I fucked up again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's me all the time. Like, I mean, yeah. yeah anyone that knows. Before 2020 came, Nelly was like, I'm going to be a better person. Come 2020, it was like, oh, there goes Nelly. Yep. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> it is what it is. AC and I didn't mean. <laughs> Let me tell you. Well, we just, because we just went to Atlantic City, I was telling my special guy, I was telling him, I said, yo, when we came here for New Year's, I don't remember shit. I was like, <laughs> sure, don't. I don't know anything. <laughs> I post pictures, you be like, when the fuck where we did, that? Where did this picture come from? But it actually goes through um, our theme for this episode because it was something that, you know, you said you've never been to Atlantic City. That's right. So Atlantic City for me meant it, it, it holds a special place because my 20, was it my 23rd birthday? The girls surprised me. Yeah, they fake surprised me because mm-hmm. I kind of knew, but they surprised me and took me to Atlantic mm-hmm. City, um, where where we got the tattoos. Actually, yes. so where we got tatted. Um, they took me for my birthday, and we went to Forty Forty. We was we was in spa. We did everything. And for me, the older I got, the more I valued girlfriends and I valued mm-hmm. having that type of sisterhood, which is why it was important to even start this. Because I wanted, you know, not only, you know, you or anyone that, may, you know, may catch this episode and many other episodes, but I wanted people to understand the the power in people's experiences. I wanted people to understand the power of sisterhood um, and what in what it, that really truly entails. And we'll definitely do an episode on that and probably have my best friend come because she'll kill me if I don't have her on the episode. But... Um, <laughs> But it was important to go to AC for me, for all of us, because I take, everyone takes holidays differently. Yes. So for me, my favorite is Christmas, but outside of my birthday. But New Year's Eve for me is that reset. It's mm-hmm. as, as cliche as it sounds to me, I take it as the reset that's needed to go into the next year, to have new goals, to have new ideas, to to just kind of let go all the juju, the bad juju that was in the you know year before. And don't bring that in 
to the new year because I went into 2020 with no regrets. And I definitely think that trip was the was the start button of that. <laughs> well, any last words on Discover before we wrap up our yeah, first so we episode? Can, I think, uh, I'm not sure if this one's going to be long or not. Hopefully not. But the one, I guess we can leave it for last. Okay. But um, we I mentioned about discovering ourselves sexually. Yes. Oh, let's talk about sex real quick. Two in two sixty seconds. It. Yes, we can. Real quick. Favorite position. Doggy. Oh, really? Yeah, doggy and missionary. Those are my two favorites. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm not gonna say why. I don't actually want to know why. I'm, not, I'm actually not going to hold you on that one. I actually was not going to even indulge into going deeper into that because we don't have much time. Um, but, okay. Yeah. I guess I have to go. Uh, mine would be reverse cowgirl. Okay. And probably, <laughs> as my best friend, he's walked out that. right at that point. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's like, I don't want to hear this. Yo, it was funny because we had a friend that was talking about him being on Pornhub. And uh-huh. I was like, I don't, I said, send me the link. But if it shows your dick, I don't want to see it. So, um, but I would say reverse cowgirl. And I would say, um, and I guess regular cowgirl. Like, I like being on top. I'm not even going to hold you. But I just, I mean, I'm not going to go into that, but. I'll leave that for the next episode. Thank you. Well, this is our first episode of Sasson Talk. Once again, um, the theme for this episode was definitely discovery. It was definitely talking about different avenues and discovering who you are, what you want, what you like, what you don't like. Um, so when you do listen, um, let us know like what other themes you may want us to talk about, um, what other experiences you may want to hear from us um we're definitely gonna have like fan mail so where what we'll do is we'll do a segment where we definitely answer questions we'll talk about um different adventures that we've had um professionally personally with all that jazz but for the first episode i think it was really good so please stay tuned for episode two numero dos which is coming soon so thanks so much bye